1: Hello, and welcome to the Betches Up Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Rosa Smith. And if you're just tuning in, the Betches Up Podcast is your bi-weekly rundown of all the craziest shit going on in the news, featuring your three funniest friends. What is us. Today, we're talking about coronavirus at CPAC.
2: Coronavirus in Washington.
1: And coronavirus all around the world. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents...
3: Like beer? I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator? Or not. Um, mom, I want a vape. Ah! Nude pictures of Trump. Come on, now. Don't Don't mess with me. The Betches Sup Podcast. How dare you! I feel like we should note to our listeners before we begin today that we are podcasting with a puppy in the room. We oh, are podcasting yeah. with a puppy in the
2: room. <laughs> Guys, I brought Betty in today. She's Hi here. Hi, Betty. Hi, Betty.
3: Yeah. She,
2: I'm I am I, I was talking to my building manager about like dog walkers coming in mm-hmm. and they're like don't love that a bunch of dog walkers yeah. are coming in and out of the apartment building. And I was like, I don't love that uh, people are coming into my apartment either that I don't really know during this time. I feel like this that's time. just
1: anybody that has a ton of contact with other
3: places and things yeah.
2: so i'm avoiding that right now by bringing the dog to work yeah <laughs> so here well, we are lovely yeah yeah let
3: us know if you f- can feel the energy the puppy energy in the way that we podcast today. i
2: feel like my energy may be a little different i'll be a little <laughs> more like oh Luke, don't,
3: do that. don't do
2: that but you know she's fine go to sleep all right
1: yeah morty wasn't morty will come in later this week he can he and betty can run around the office wild yes. while nobody's here exactly yeah Oh, hope everyone is staying safe. We don't expect any service interruptions with the podcast. No. Um, that's the great thing about podcasts. You just hear us. <laughs> you don't see us. So yeah, we could. you have no idea. We're telling you we're all in the same room right now, but you don't know. You don't sure, know. We don't. You don't know. Amanda, what's been getting you through this week in Trump's
3: America? For
1: me, okay, several things. As you will hear on this podcast, last week we launched our Keep It 100 campaign, mm-hmm. which is so exciting. It was a, a big undertaking <laughs> There are a lot of really cool tiers. It went off without... It was amazing to see so many of you guys get involved. um, High-profile people involved. Tell us why they're keeping it 100. Um, And if you missed it, Keep It 100 is our voter initiative. And we're basically sort of honoring... This 2020 is the 100th anniversary of some women's suffrage when the first wave of women were allowed access to the ballot. And that excluded lots of women, mostly women of color. So everything we want to do to honor this anniversary, we want to do in service of expanding access to the ballot for people that still have it. You might have, we talked Mm -hmm. on the podcast about how people waited in line for seven hours. That is a form of voter suppression. That is not acceptable or something that should be happening. That is something that election monitors. We send to other countries would put a red flag up about. So we'll be sharing lots of information. Um, We're working with the ACLU to get you very specific information on things that they're doing with voting rights and how you can get involved. There are a lot of ways you can participate in this election that go beyond just casting a vote. I know for a lot of us that live in coastal areas, we can feel like, oh, my state's going to go blue no matter what. Like, what can I do? Um, And we're working on on providing a lot of options uh, for that. So stay tuned for more about that. Um, also I watched the Hillary documentary over the weekend. Oh, I really want to see it. It was great. It was great. I heard it was good. It was good. It was, was, um,
2: how long is it?
1: It's four hour long episodes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I watched it over two days. I kind of wish that I had just sat down and binged it all, but yeah, that's not how the day went for me. I had tasks to accomplish, (gasps) but it was great. It wasn't, um, yeah, it's just Hillary Clinton is an incredible figure. I feel Mm -hmm. like we haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about her. Lately and it was you know what the timing was really Cathartic given that Elizabeth Warren Had just dropped out Mm -hmm. and we were not Going to have a woman president again And Watching uh, watching that sort of Processing I don't think I've fully Processed 2016 yet I don't know if anybody Has yeah
3: I was actually just thinking about How I've never watched Hillary's Speech I never watched it because I went to the Javits Center that night and It just like I was so emotionally Wrecked by that experience I could not like I just couldn't, yeah, engage I definitely with the speech. I
1: cried hard at the end, not as hard as I thought I would. Um, but yeah, it, it goes a little bit deeper than what you, the the most sort of new information is the openness with which they discuss the Monica Lewinsky uh, situation. mostly Bill Clinton mm-hmm. speaks to it and is and sort of apologizes for the negative role it played in her life um. Well, Hillary, that's nice. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Thing. She's like, yeah, thanks. He kind of does it in sort of, but he's like, seems like a, she's made a really nice life for herself. It's mm-hmm. like, because he like heard that she goes viral on Twitter sometimes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, she's dope. She's, um, we yeah. don't she worry, will, Bill, we love her. She
2: was in a Beyonce song. Yes. I mean, yeah. come on.
1: Yes, exactly. But it's a great, it's really great to watch. It's really cathartic. It's really well done. It's done by, um, I think her name is Nanette Bernstein. You don't get a ton from the last night because I think they thought they were filming some, all of this footage was supposed to be about her. Successful campaign yes. <laughs> um, So there's not a ton You can tell that When things Were going wrong The night of That they definitely Were like okay We don't really want
3: Yeah I mean I can say from my experience The reason I was there Was because I had a friend Who was working that event And so he got me in like Like, really in, like, into the, like, front row to see her, which I thought, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I have pictures of myself from that night, and I'm so jazzed because I think that I'm going to be front row center for the first woman president to, like, and for her, like, speech, which I'm sure was going to be awesome. And then when the night started turning and getting really bad, um, actually, they called Florida, and a woman near yep. me fainted oh my God. and they <laughs> were like so all right bad. it's time to go yeah we need to get the hell out of here but that whole night everything had been really clearly designed for her yeah. to win yeah. mm-hmm. like they kept showing over and over again this video of her entire life and oh, pictures no. of her as a little girl morphing into like the president they used that. Use that in the, <laughs> the opening credits for the it, show <laughs> like it what and then for it to go wrong was so bad and then when we were finally leaving we I texted my friend who was working the event and I was like can you get us out because to get mm-hmm. out was like this whole thing and he yeah. was like yes so he took us around back and that's where all the press and her campaign were and people were literally like it was like a cartoon where people are like running around like throwing papers up in the air yeah. like kind of like waving totally. their hands in the air it was the craziest night of my life it it's the wild. craziest shit I've ever seen yeah it was wild
1: but well, it's, it's totally worth because especially like. To this day, Trump is saying, lock her up. And when you, even if you, she's been in public life so long and all of this stuff has been disproven, but it's like, even I, I am a big Hillary Clinton person, mm-hmm. but there are mythologies about her where you're like, surely that seems sketchy at the time. And then you're like, all of this throughout her life was completely disproven. All of it. There was nothing to any of it. Yeah, and still got- to this day, people think that, well, I think she might've had something to do with all of these like sketchy things that happened. She got a really
3: raw deal. Every (laughs) step of
1: the way. I would say. Right, right. And the the interesting thing about the documentary is that it sort of reminds you that like, like early in her life, like when they had a senator speak at her Wellesley graduation, the senator said something like, oh, you girls like think that you're going to change the world. And she got up and was like, fuck you, basically. Like, that's Mm -hmm. so baller. If she did that Mm -hmm. today, she would go viral as like Mm -hmm. a young, you know, young, young college graduate. And just her whole life, she was like trying to convince people that she wasn't too liberal and too radical and then when she runs for president all these times, she's like the centrist candidate.
3: Yeah, it's 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 really interesting to see, like how all of these experiences. I mean, I haven't seen the documentary yet, but just my familiarity you know with everything her in, life it, yeah. in general is like it's interesting to see how all of these things shaped her into who she was during the 2016 race for better or for worse. You know, like there were so many times that she was like. Taught to act and be a certain way, mm-hmm. and then she gets to 2016, and everyone's like, "You're not authentic. You right. seem fake." And it's like, well, some the authenticity has been uh, squeezed out of her. But she's Oprah.
2: been, tr- she's also just been trying to make everyone else around her comfortable her yes. entire life. Yeah, So yeah, when you yeah. are when you are operating on that sort of level, it's like you're obviously going to come across not authentic because you're trying to make everyone else. Like you're trying To appease everyone else Yeah So so.
1: Yeah Yeah But it's definitely It's it's worth a watch And if you're worried about it I didn't find it to be as Upsetting to watch As I expected to Mm. So if that's what you're worried about If you're like I cannot handle this right Mm now Watch it I think it will make you Happier than it will make you sad
2: (laughs) Okay good Okay good
3: I can't it was, say for like 90% of shows I watch it was a tough dog to come out like in the wake yes. of Elizabeth Warren which we'll get into yeah. but I was like I don't know if I can do that today yeah <laughs> like, right exactly <laughs> that road's my, for me to go down right totally. this moment yeah how about
1: you Brian what's getting you through the week
2: um so what's getting me through is this New York Times story about this man named Adam Castillejo I think that's correct. That
3: is correct. Thank
2: you. Um,
3: Double L. That's a Y, yeah. babe. <laughs>
2: um, and, the, and, the, and the J is an H.
3: And the J is an H.
2: Okay, great. Um, so he was known as the London patient um, about a year ago because it he is the second person to be cured from HIV. He's just coming forward publicly for the first time um, and talking about it. And he, he said he's doing this because... He is in a u- uh, unique position to be in, a unique and very humbling position, and he wants to be an ambassador of hope because, as we all know right now, everyone is kind of freaking out about viruses. Mm-hmm. Not and me. Um,
1: Not me and Betty. we yeah. making out. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, Amanda's currently making out with Betty on the podcast <laughs> studio. Um, and only one other person has been here before. Uh, it's just interesting. I think it's important to talk about because, you know, we have been dealing with infectious diseases. Viral diseases for a long time. I mean, there was the Spanish flu, like mm-hmm. right before World War like one,
3: I believe. Around. Yeah, I think that that's correct. Um, but also, if it's not, guys, you can't expect Brian to just have the date of the Spanish flu. I know, please. come on. He on. doesn't know. Neither do you.
2: And like, neither do you. <laughs> that was an example of, you know, it, it originating, I think, in the States, and then it progressing. And we just called it the Spanish flu because the Spanish flu in Spain... They were able to talk about it. Everyone else was trying to suppress the fact that they had the flu. Interesting. Oh. And a lot of people, yeah. like, like kind of sounds familiar to what's happening I right know, now. I know. I
1: know. It makes you think that, like, Trump is definitely calling this the China virus. Oh, yeah. totally. Oh,
3: there are a bunch of people. We'll get into my little thing in a minute. <laughs> but there are a bunch of conservative people who keep calling it the Wuhan virus. Oh, no. Yeah. And it's like, okay, no. well, there, there are people. It's literally around the world, but yeah, okay. Right. Well, also, it's so it's just
2: you know how people react to like viruses and viral infections and it's like you know in the 80s the hiv epidemic pandemic was awful yeah. horrible and people were dying and no one really cared yeah if we're and, worried about like
1: losing a generation that has happened
2: exactly and it's so we man and i were talking about this before how like you know younger gay people gay men don't really have heroes to look up to because a lot of them died um during the hiv crisis mm-hmm. and aids crisis Um, but now, you know, we've obviously progressed to HIV being like such a treatable disease. Um, you can live a completely normal life with it. You can even be undetectable with all the medication we have now, but it's also just like, you know, a pathway to hope to know that one day everyone will get over HIV and one day everyone will be free to not worry about. Coronavirus.
3: Yeah. You'll be caught. Everybody will be coughing in each other's Yeah.
2: All over again. Free,
3: free and clear. Um, yeah. Free to
2: make out with whoever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, the one interesting thing that I was just going to touch on before I throw it to Elise. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually received, he became uh, cured because he received a bone marrow transplant for, uh, he had stage four lymphoma. And so they're trying to treat his lymphoma and then they realized, oh, we might, this might work for HIV Whoa. too. And so he had this like genetic mutation that a donor also had. And he basically just rebooted his whole... Like, essentially replaced his immune system with one resistant to the virus. See,
1: That's amazing. If you, amazing. Did- if you mm-hmm. donate
3: your bone marrow, you could, without even knowing it, help cure yeah. th- the cure. Yeah. Oh, my God. It- Imagine being that person who's like... I wonder, I hope they called the person yeah, who took the bone marrow and was like, hey, by the way, your bone marrow cured HIV. Yeah. That guy
1: or lady's going around like, I don't know if I would do it again. It was kind of painful. Yeah. yeah. Don't do it. Like, do, do, it, it do it. Do exactly. it. Exactly.
2: Um, and so it basically sparked this whole new um, surge to find a cure. So that was exciting too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: That's amazing.
2: Um, Elise, what is getting you through this week in Trump's America?
3: Okay. What's getting me through this week? Um, first, I have just the quickest little personal plug. Uh, it, for those of you who Follow me online You may have heard me Talk about my live show The Roast of Your Teenage Self We just changed the name From 15 year old self To teenage self Because it's easier For people to understand Yes, yes. yes. One yes.
2: include all teens All teen
3: years Which was included before But yeah. people get confused Anyway The Roast of Your Teenage Self Is coming back to New York uh, We're doing the show On March 19th That's a Thursday uh, Right here in Chelsea At the at Improv Asylum At 9pm We have a really Really fun lineup and then we are also doing the show in la on march 26th at dynasty typewriter at 8 p.m which we also have a really fun lineup for and you can find the links to all of that in my bio on instagram my instagram is at pandalise that's p-a-n-d-a-l-i-s-e okay plug I'm, is over yeah i've been to the show it's so much fun thank you brian i love brian. it yeah, both of them have come, and mm-hmm. and yeah, and you can you can be a part of it as well. We have mm-hmm. we have a great time. Comedians show photos of themselves when they were a teenager and tell embarrassing high school stories, and we all have a very good time.
2: Because teenagers are the fucking worst. Mm-hmm.
3: You get to see all my emo MySpace pictures. Mm-hmm. It's a very it's a very good time. But that's actually not what's getting me through this week in Trump's America. What's getting me through this week in Trump's America? <laughs> okay, so I I wrote a line to introduce my story. Oh, good. All right. <clears throat> coronavirus has people feeling bad but this is the feel-good story of the year (laughs) 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 the actual year (laughs) wow (laughs) ted cruz has chosen to (laughs) self-quarantine He's removed himself from society after being exposed to coronavirus at CPAC. So CPAC is, for those of you who don't know, the Conservative Political Action Conference. It's this big conservative event every year. Mitt Romney actually was uninvited oh, yeah. this year right. because he voted to impeach Trump. So... um He was as as punishment. He was not exposed to coronavirus. (laughs) As punishment, he's just in Utah, fine and healthy. Um, But uh, someone who attended the conference tested positive for coronavirus. Actually, both Donald Trump and Mike Pence, who's in charge of all of this, (laughs) were there. um, But. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on who you are, they were not exposed to this person. Mm-hmm. So it's very unlikely. I mean, we don't know how it spreads, but I think yeah. they're probably fine. He was but a
2: liberal plant, guys. Yes,
3: honestly, that the I'm deep sure state, that's coming.
2: The deep state.
3: Well, if if one of them had gotten sick from it or been exposed that like Rush Limbaugh would be saying that exactly this minute, but it wasn't them. Unfortunately, the only people who were exposed were Ted Cruz, who apparently had a short conversation and a handshake with the man. And then Congressman Paul Gosar of Arizona also had short, like some minimal contact with this man. So he is self quarantining. Um, so yeah, I mean, both of them say that they're completely healthy and they're not experiencing any symptoms, so they're really just doing this uh, with an abundance of caution. But um, there is a video from CPAC of Mick Mulvaney, who was chief of staff at the time, is no his chief of staff no longer, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, coughing into his hands and then shaking other people's hands, which while is like, saying, "This isn't that big a deal." <laughs> which is like, come on. Come on. You shouldn't be coughing into your hand and then shaking other people's hands when Ever. there's not a panda. That's what you we should even t- Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Even, even if you are shaking people's hands, you're not supposed to cough into your hand.
3: Yeah. Cough into your arm.
2: Vampire it. Sean, you that Sean our
1: producer, has been saying this whole time that, like, this is what we should always be doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. we don't, why do we need to shake hands? In 2020. Yeah. When there's bio. I mean, there's videos of like pens greeting people with this sort of arm bump and it, mm-hmm. it looks really funny. <laughs> I know. And it looks so stupid. But if we all started doing it, why are mm-hmm. we smushing our hands into each Let's other? Let's just bow,
2: you know? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Our hands are like truly one of the dirtiest, like totally, totally. dirtiest things on, on our little bodies. When we had mm-hmm. um the executive director of
1: UN Women come in last mm-hmm. week, I was like, I'm going to let her choose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she literally like... It's the fucking UN. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to shake this lady's hand. And then she brings it to the UN.
3: Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Something or vice happened. Versa.
1: Can you imagine? She so walked in and we're like... Actually, yeah. <laughs> I know. Really appreciate it. Um, oh, of course. I mean, yeah. Ted Cruz being stuck inside for two weeks is good for America. Yeah, but I'll bad say that. for whoever's with him. Yeah, Jesus. I hope his kids
3: obviously are not. Yeah, imagine being
2: stuck with Ted Cruz anywhere for two weeks. That I know. Well, awful.
3: I imagine Heidi and the kids are like. Actually, we're. I know they say not to travel, but we uh, <laughs> yeah. we booked a flight, yeah. so we will be gone. Yeah, we found five dollars lying around. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's your so joke in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have five dollars. What should I do with it? Buy a flight, get on a cruise. <laughs> They're that cheap at this point. Betches.co slash sign up. hmm
4: Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click do you have for Dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now.
1: Should we get into the main news? Yeah, I guess Are we it's in time. the main news? We're going to talk about coronavirus for yeah. the main news. Yeah. We've talked about it on pretty much every show a little bit, but we haven't talked about the politics of it that much because there hasn't been as much until recently. I think in the past couple of weeks, of course, you want to give your president the benefit of the doubt when something like this happens. I think that's probably better for everyone, but yeah. that is no longer possible. <laughs> Unfortunately,
3: our president is Donald Trump. My my
1: my doubt was in quarantine for 14 days and now it is out. (laughs) So let's touch base. So the coronavirus has now spread to more than 30 U.S. states and 99 countries with more than 500 confirmed cases now in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I believe I read 530 this morning.
3: Yeah. Well, New York is technically in a state of emergency right now we Um, have 142 of those cases yes i did i did look into it and because i was like well what does that mean and it's really mostly a way for states to just like free up funding in because like once you declare a state of emergency you can like you can do things faster than you would normally do them if you're not in a state of emergency yeah um
1: got it yeah and the president sort of he has continued to play down the expected impact on the country he's been fixating on how many cases the u.s has compared to other countries i remember the first statement he said on this was like we have 15 and soon it will be zero well today it is 142 (laughs) also
3: also when he said that there were 65
1: that's so important nonsense straight up lying um this is while the government's top infectious disease experts said the coronavirus outbreak is getting worse and warned elderly and sick people to think twice before traveling. Um, this is sort of a big issue is that president Trump will not tell people not to travel. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause
2: apparently the state department was go- like, like the, the um, CDC wanted to like submitted this plan to the white house saying that seniors should uh, avoid air travel and people who are, you know, more likely to who have immune autoimmune issues. However, um, the, uh, a federal official told the Associated Press that the White House overruled health officials who wanted to recommend that, um, and they did, they did not. They just wanted people to not. They, they, they don't care. They just didn't want anything to affect the economy is basically what I'm trying to say.
1: Right, yeah. President Trump also called Washington Governor Gay Inslee a snake uh, when he asked the Trump administration to stick to facts about the virus. A lot of what I was reading about today, because I was trying to figure out like, what exactly is he is he neglecting? I think the downplaying is most of it, but also... Yeah my sense is that his administration is very toxic and everyone is constantly volleying for his approval so they don't get fired or publicly scorned.
3: Mm-hmm. And so people are- I don't are... get that sense at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Uh, what?
3: It's just, oh my God. It's just me, I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they're all like I don't want to tell I don't want to get him To upset and tell him About this And it's like also He is a senior That should not be traveling That's I
5: true
1: I He know. does not
2: travel On commercial jets that Yeah that, Yeah that he is went, true He
1: visited the CDC On Friday There was a lot of cons- Did you see how he wore MAGA hats to the CDC Yes Yes which is like Can you imagine If an influencer wore Any of their merch To like visit any sad scenario they yeah. would be canceled.
3: I mean, people have also gotten like like gotten mad at Melania for wearing like heels to visit like yeah. sites and stuff and so I'm just like, but he can just right. wear yeah. I mean, he can just wear a MAGA hat. Like yeah. literally make it a campaign Can stop. you
1: imagine if 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 like Elizabeth Warren wore a t-shirt to the CDC that says I have a plan for that
3: yeah yeah or if Obama no. showed up when we were having like the Ebola stuff and he was wearing like a hope and change yeah. Yeah. like yeah he had one of his own hope posters like <laughs> right. holding it He just
2: carries around.
1: I mean, I feel like we don't... uh,
2: This is like kind of lost upon us. Make America Great Again is such a stupid slogan. It
1: also was first said by Bill Clinton. Yeah. (laughs) As I was reminded in this documentary. Or maybe uh, even before that, probably. I think maybe Reagan even said... I mean, it's
3: like... Okay. I mean, it's not like it's a not brilliant a brilliant turn of phrase. No, it's I mean, not, it's not it's stupid. It's I not hate Shakespeare it. that we're quoting here. So maybe right. It's one of those things that I could I could believe people. A couple people came up with independently of each other. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was like a lot of
1: weird messaging around that visit. It was like, is he going? Is he not going? Is there coronavirus? He he basically was like, I might not go because there might be coronavirus. And then the CDC was like, we didn't know that. Like, there, what? It's here. Like nobody knew what was going on. So just tons of like mixed messages. Nobody feels safe in their job in this administration.
3: We also don't have a lot of people in important positions. Mm -hmm. Like we still, we're four years in, like his first term is almost over and there are many positions, especially in like our State Department and Health and Human Services that are not filled. Right. So, yeah, that's yeah. a problem.
1: He ousted Chief of Staff McMulvaney, which like seemed unrelated, but maybe should have waited until the end of a public health emergency. Yeah, yeah. Uh, replacing with Mark Meadows, who was like a big loyalist during the impeachment inquiry, which is just terrifying because he also appointed John Ratcliffe to um, head the to be the DNI, which mm-hmm. he has been appointed that job before, and even Republicans were like, no, so mm-hmm. like. It's just all that grandstanding we saw during impeachment it, like was a fe- did exactly what they hoped. They basically bought themselves jobs, yeah, in they're getting jobs in the administration.
2: It also seems that they gave no reason for Mick Mulvaney to leave. It was just like, oh, by the way, this is happening and he's going to be the ambassador to Northern Ireland. I was like, what? Right? Okay. I love,
3: that's a, such a weird demotion. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're like, yeah, because also, there, Nick, Mick Mulvaney was one of those people who at one point had 17 jobs. That's true. And now yes. they're like, now you are ambassador to Northern Ireland and that's it, get out.
2: And it's like, I wonder if this is all just like because of the Ukraine stuff, like after he said it was a pre-crow-co, cool get over it kind of thing. Is it like repercussions for that? I also know that they were more afraid to get rid of Mick Mulvaney during that uh, whole thing happening because they didn't want him to go then go and testify. Right. So I was just like, is this something that they were waiting to do? Was there a re- like, was there some other reason? Does yeah. Northern Ireland just really need Mick Mulvaney? Yeah, they, I
1: feel like it's it. like the ambassador to Northern Ireland is the new ambassador to the EU. It's yeah. like, it doesn't matter. He's just going to do whatever he wants. Yeah, it's also, I always am like, I don't know why, I just a little tickled when I remember all of these people were former congressmen. Like, Mick Mulvaney was a congressman. Yeah. Yeah, Pompeo was a congressman.
2: Well, it's also, it's like... It's just
1: like seeing your teacher outside of school. I know. It's yeah. like,
2: whoa. I know. And now, and now Mark Meadows, who is a conspiracy theorist who pushed birtherism... Um, very much so, so like, he, There's a speech of him Talking about how he's Going to send Obama Back to Kenya yeah. mm, Um. Cool And so it's just like Oh wow The whole Tea Party Is basically just in charge Of our government now
3: Yeah well Trump has to He wants to appoint These like sycophants And loyalists Into his administration Which Because Anytime he's even attempted to surround himself with anything less, he can't even have a working relationship with that Mm -hmm. person. Right? Like we initially had, you know, his initial cabinet had all these people that were like, these are the adults in the room. And one by one, it's like, he does not want any adults in the room.
2: Yeah, well, we clearly know that no one will speak to him because look at his fucking makeup and his hair.
5: Yeah. Like he,
2: like, like, no, he can't, he, like, that is just like, this person looks so delusionally crazy. If you saw someone without any context (laughs) of Donald Trump, Walking on the street, looking like that, you'd be like, "Oh, honey." Yeah, some you know, like this, some, like just should I call someone? Yeah,
3: where are the people who are close to you yeah. who can help you? Yeah, it's like <laughs> are you wearing like, a bracelet? Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: It's so like because it's just so off the fucking rails that like you know clearly, clearly no one is there to tell him that he he's he's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and this is just like I've been thinking a lot about how number one, we're very lucky that this virus is it's spreading very easily, but it. The disease it causes Is seems survivable Compared to like That's just luck right Like a virus could be It could have been Ebola Yeah it could be like that tears you apart and
4: From the
1: inside out But something I've been Thinking a lot about Is that like We're in this weird rhythm With this president Where he tends to Whenever we're at This real boiling point With like a foreign With Iran Or with North Korea Or something We're always like You know that would be crazy They'll probably stand down And a lot of times They do end up standing down Because it's not worth Iran's while to mm-hmm. to really fuck with it that way a virus doesn't stand now no a virus isn't going to be like oh cool he's not taking me seriously or like i'm just going to make a splash to get some press and then i'll go away yeah like denying this does not make it go away no. it's almost no. hard to like it's a to- conceptualize because things tend to we get really worked up obviously whenever something happens but a lot of times with the exception of things at the border it's hard to sort of see like I don't know, everybody freaking out about something that Trump has sole responsibility for. Yeah.
2: Well, I just know it's also, you know, you you are clearly seeing a difference in the way facts and information is being presented, especially if you are a Trump supporter and a Fox News only person, like you only get your news from Fox. And so I'm just nervous because a lot of the people who watch Fox News who support Trump are but the one are, are the ones that would, you know, get very sick, yeah. you know, and think yeah, it's not a big people, deal. I
3: know. And
2: like, or they don't have a lot of people don't have health care. I was talking to my some, my one of my family relatives about this and his approach to it is just so nonchalant who watches Fox News religiously and only Fox News. And I was just like, he's like, it's um, it's no big deal. It'll I'll be fine. Who's an old over the over 60 year old man. And it's like. Okay, just make sure you like wash your hands. He's like, it's not a big deal. I'm just gonna like live my life. Like everything is fine. I'm like, okay, that's great. Yeah. And he's like, more people die from the flu. I'm like, okay, but you know what I mean? Like, right. like, like they are they are underplaying it so Yeah, you should also so be washing hard. your hands so you
1: don't get the flu. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And it's just like it's just like I'm just a little nervous about those people who because of the the, the messaging.
3: Yeah, and I mean, it kind of goes into I know something else you wanted to talk about, which is like it's not just oh, if you get coronavirus, you'll probably be fine or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's also like, do you want to be in quarantine? Yeah. Like, depending on if you have the virus, you might be... For forced to go into quarantine. Do you have health insurance mm-hmm. that can pay for you to get these tests and all and whatever else? Because the tests are expensive. And if someone isn't insured or someone is underinsured and they have a high deductible, like you might be on the hook for a fourteen hundred dollar test. Can you afford to miss work because you're in quarantine for mm-hmm. the coronavirus? Like that's the stuff that but I was thinking about. It's not a matter of like,
1: okay, I got coronavirus. I'm a little sick for a while. It's like if you get a runny nose then you need to stay home for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you can. Mm -hmm. Or like maybe your kid doesn't have school and you don't have child. So should we get into this? Yes. So as we're talking about coronavirus and its anticipated impact on the United States. Democrats are demanding protections for workers as as it spreads. So House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer are urging Republicans to join them in supporting protections for workers who, for example, might be forced to stay home from work. Uh, Trump and his administration have so far just called for tax breaks for corporations impacted by the coronavirus. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So some of the
3: things that Pelosi that, and Schumer... Yeah. Sorry, it's like that reminds isn't me of crazy? that thing from one. Uh, it was a couple of debates ago where Bernie Sanders was like, we have socialism for the rich and not for the poor. It's mm-hmm. like, that's what he's talking about mm-hmm. with that shit. That's crazy. That, isn't that crazy? It's yeah. just shocking
1: to read. One, Some of the things that Pelosi and Schumer are talking about are guaranteed paid sick leave for workers who must stay home either because their offices are closed or because children, they have kids whose schools are closed. Increased unemployment insurance for people who lose their jobs because of lost business owing to the coronavirus impact, Um, expanding food stamps and school lunch uh, for kids that maybe do rely on going to school for, for their biggest meals during the day to make sure that they're still provided with that and they don't lose access. And they're also demanding regulations be placed on hospitals and medical systems that would require them to provide free testing. As I'm saying, this this all sounds like duh, obviously, uh-huh. but it should be duh obviously all the time for yeah. anything. Well, especially all- this. It's also like
3: I feel like this has shown a huge light I, I, as everything kind of does on this the situation with our healthcare system in this country, because people because people are paying so much for health insurance, a lot of like a lot of people who are paying out of pocket for their insurance can't afford to miss work if they're sick and they can't afford to be sick and it's like creating this cyclical issue. If people had health insurance that was free or very low cost, they could probably stay home a little easier. You know, if they, if like someone who's unemployed would still have access to health insurance. And it's It's like,
2: we already know tens of thousands of people die every year because they don't go, they don't seek treatment for their illnesses yeah, because they're like, you know what? I don't have healthcare and I can't pay for it. Tens of thousands of people.
3: Yeah. Cause my deductible is really too high. Exactly. And, like, and this is that's just, how, like, that's why we have so many flu deaths.
2: Exactly. And that's why we're seeing, you know, people really panicking too. And also it's just, they, they, they talk about how, Oh, maybe we should, you know, make it free. This vaccine, vaccine, whenever they get it. Maybe. It's Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe we, should. we should get it free. And it's like, Oh, and the government's like, well, you know, okay, we're going to do that. So like, oh, wait, so the government can just make medication free. It's like, yeah. so it's like, why does insulin cost so much? Why, right. it's like, why don't you step in and do something about that? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. it's crazy. And it's like, and now it's like, this all sounds like socialism, you asshats. Like, <laughs> yeah. it is socialism. That's what it is. And it's like, by painting socialism, and because that's what they're going to do, the Republicans, like, no matter who the Democratic nominee, it's going to be, quote unquote, a yeah. socialist. Any
3: changes to the healthcare system that help the government provide are going to be, from going full Bernie Sanders to Joe Biden's public option, that it's it'll be painted that way no matter it's, what. And and
2: so it's like okay, well if this is what socialism is, then maybe we should embrace
1: it a little bit more,
3: <laughs> like because we need free vaccines. Yeah, if right. This is right. Out. And like
1: right, it's just it's situations like this where it's like yeah, you might be fine because you're like I have good health care, I'm not worried. It's like. What if the person who lats touch the thing you just touched does not? Exactly. Like it has,
3: what are you talking about? It's one of those like rising tide lifts all boats situations where it's like a healthier population is a healthier country You are overall. as healthy
1: as your sickest person. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
3: Like if your neighbor can't get tested and can't go to the doctor because of their health insurance situation, then you are vulnerable to this. You you could get sick. Right. Like, even if you're staying home and even if you have great health insurance, well, that's the know? thing. It's
2: like, you know, as we are, we'll talk about in one more thing, you know, the economy is sort of freaking out about this. And, you know, some people may be laid off or lose their jobs and then not have health insurance at all, anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, <laughs> Jesus, yeah, you know, it's like that's another case for, you know, Medicare for All because it's like, should we really be relying upon being employed to have yeah, health insurance? This is a consideration
1: all the time that I'm sure people are like, oh, I was going to leave my job and I'm really unhappy but I can't afford to not have health insurance right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, It's just insane in this country that our health care has ever been dependent on our jobs. It's a, it's a massive error. Mm-hmm. <laughs> huge, like a founding. huge thing that yes, needs to be like corrected. We're still in like, the beta version of health care in this yeah. country.
5: Um,
1: but, yeah, scary times. Uh, yes. So, meanwhile,
2: uh, Gates-funded program will soon offer home testing kits for the new coronavirus.
3: Thanks,
1: Bill Gates. I know. I know. Doing what our government can't. And Melinda, of yes. course, Thanks, Bill Melinda.
2: and Melinda. It's
1: really all Melinda. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so, testing for the novel coronavirus in the Seattle area will get a huge boost in the coming weeks as a project funded by the Gates uh, people and their foundation. <laughs> the Gateses. Uh, the Gateses' uh, foundations right. begins offering home testing kits that will allow people who fear they may be infected to swab their noses and send the samples back for analysis.
1: And I feel like if this is successful, it'll be like Republicans, like, "This is why you shouldn't tax the wealthy because they could." Because yeah. they can solve coronavirus. If we, it's like, if could. you just took that money from them, we could have done it a <laughs> exactly, while ago. if you just
3: taxed them. Right. Because they could do that, or they could Poach just their spend half a billion dollars on a failed right. presidential campaign buying oh a bunch my of ads. God. And, and the other
2: thing is, he still, he's still going to be a multi-multi-billionaire yeah, after he's this. Fine. Oh, yeah. He's fine. So but maybe we should tax him anyways.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And I also just added, just before we got in here, that in New York City, the head of Port Authority has tested positive how do we describe port authority for non-natives? Um, uh, the place where you would get coronavirus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where port authority is. Oh
2: my God. I'm
1: clear <laughs> if it's because this gentleman spends a lot of time there or just came into contact with it, like most people in New York. It, that is, a, it is a
2: frightening area. institutions,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. It's like really shows what a critical error it is to have elderly white men lead most of your institutions.
2: <laughs> it seems like everyone in the port authority is at like level 10 stress.
3: Yeah. Right. Rushing
2: around. Not knowing what's going on, everyone is frantic
3: all the time. Not yeah, just the time. because of coronavirus. It's where all the buses come in and out, as yeah. well as trains. It's like a huge transportation hub, so it, it it makes sense that coronavirus would be in the air there. Also, every single person at, corona, at yeah. coronavirus, uh, every single person at Port Authority is coughing. Like totally. I've never yes. w- I've never <laughs> walked into Port Authority and not been like, all of you are sick. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> can we do it? A, a fun. I just want. I'm just curious. What is like the weirdest
3: thing in your prepper pantry?
2: My prepper pantry. Oh, oh. My doomsday.
3: But, well actually me and Danny are my fiance and I are going to the grocery store tonight mm-hmm. to really up the pantry. I yeah.
2: have a suitcase full of canned beans. A
3: suitcase oh. full?
2: Um it's not just beans, it's also rice. Okay. <laughs> um there's some mixed vegetable canned mixed vegetables in there. I'm gonna get some big water bottles today. Yeah.
1: That's smart.
2: Um, I don't know what else I need to pack. I just bought a bunch of Lysol.
1: It's funny because I'm just like Mike laughs at me, and I'm like, I'm not worried about getting enough calories. Luckily, like we can have yeah. rice and beans, but I'm like, I want to eat how I normally I eat. Know. I'm yeah. like buying frozen broccoli. I'm like, I don't want anything to change. Yeah,
2: I bought a bunch of frozen chicken. Yeah, um, I yeah, think that's we're about it. we're
3: making that journey tonight, so I'll have to report back about what the strangest thing that we. I yeah, do we pick need up. to
2: order some delivery if you catch. Yeah, my, I was just gonna drugs. say I, uh, might,
3: I might I might have like an intent to distribute situation at my yeah, home at this yeah.
2: point. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be stuck in my house
1: yeah i'm gonna need something to do Yep. Yeah. <laughs> please still come see me today's episode of american fever dream is brought to you by newly have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff i have a solution for you
3: All right. Is it time for us to move into the election section?
2: Bum, 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 bum. <laughs>
3: Two 70-year-old white yeah. men stand before me, but only one can go on to be America's <laughs> next top president. No. <laughs> if, if Bernie leaves, I was rooting for you. We were all, all rooting for you. For you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: so we have a lot to cover today. We haven't actually recorded since Elizabeth Warren left the race because we recorded on Wednesday. <sighs>
2: guys, that was a rough day. That, that was,
5: was a rough really day. Sad. Brian, what day I,
2: was it? It was my birthday, guys. <laughs> I, okay, so I, I probably did not hide this as well as I probably did. Thought I could have. Uh, now that
1: she's out of the race, I think that we can I was, all...
2: I was all in for Warren, guys. 100p. I love... I obviously vote blue no matter who, but man, Same. I yes. loved Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. And um, I just... You know, she is one of those people that made me feel hopeful for like the first time in a long time.
1: Is Betty... Um, isn't Betty's namesake?
2: I mean sort of sort of I always wanted Betty and then I was like oh my god Elizabeth Betty is short for Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren I'm gonna name my dog Betty so there we go yes and uh yeah I don't know I just you know she made me feel good she made me she I liked that she was you know very prepared for everything and she really spoke to like the LGBTQ community and listened I think more than any other candidate and she really you know made it a important to her you know she there was that one debate where she like talked about she was in her closing statements on no one brought up questions about trans people and that was great and she, you know she even like she reached out to people her campaign reached out to people to get their insights and she had a big plan and you know I was just it, it was also because you know we had an like an openly gay man running for president who had nearly done had not done the same amount of outreach at all and so you know She didn't have to do that. And, you know, I think she, it it also just like, you know, it sucked because she was very eloquent and prepared and that doesn't matter. You know, it was just like, it was just like one of those things that reminded me of like, oh, yeah, you know, you can be the best, but it doesn't matter. Life isn't fair. It's one of those things
1: where when that happens, I'm always like, was it, it was always going to be this way, wasn't it? You know, like when you get hopeful, Mm -hmm. it's like when Trump won and we were all like, he was always going to win.
3: I, yeah, like I started kind of coming to terms with the fact that this is where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Cause I've maintained, I had maintained a donation to Liz for a long time. I also really, really enjoyed her. Started feeling like, okay, it's time for me to kind of figure out what I'm going to do next. But watching that speech, like, even though I knew it was coming mm-hmm. and the whatever, one outside her house. Yeah, the one outside her house. I got really sad. I cried during that speech, which I wasn't really expecting. And then um, I I went to therapy, and my therapist, who's famously never told me one single fact about herself, like I told her, I was like, "I'm feeling really sad about Elizabeth Warren today," and she was like, "Me too," and started telling me all this information about herself and her thesis, and we like really bonded (laughs) in this real, like, in a different way, because normally she's like she does not tell yeah. me information about her yeah. thoughts and feelings. And we had a, it, it felt like more of a, like, like event session for both of us, yeah. which is really interesting. Did she make was, you pay? She did. <laughs> she so I, I, was, I guess maybe it was different than what I thought it was. Yeah. I was, Sorry to burst the bubble. Yeah.
2: I was just like, you know, I was like, it was my birthday. I was in Mexico. I was on a beach and I was already drinking because I, we were, I didn't start drinking. And then I got the notification and I was like, fuck. And so, I immediately just like kind of like shut down a little bit and then I like just started drinking heavily <laughs> and then I started like reading like the responses and you know I cried into my margarita.
3: I deleted Twitter over the weekend that was a and good I can um I can't recommend anything highly enough. I feel like I everyone in this election has panic brain. Um we'll get into some of the very dumb controversies of this weekend, but I think that people are panicked over the election and now That we're down to two candidates. I think that some people are freaking out over who those two candidates are and if they feel like, I don't know, if they feel like either of them can do it. I think people are just freaked out, especially Democrats, and I think that's playing out online in a very gross and weird way that is hard to engage with. We'll get into that, yeah. So let's talk about sexism. (laughs) Let's talk about it.
1: Warren has kind of avoided this I would say she seems to have intentionally avoided it throughout her campaign. Mm-hmm. It's with the exception
3: of that thing with her and Bernie about oh, whether or not a yeah, woman yeah. can run. Oh, right. That was huge. That was, that like, was I feel huge. like, the only time she really got into that right. element.
1: Right, right, right. And even when that was happening, you know, there's still questions about who leashed that. But I maintain that that's not something she might have wanted out there because it doesn't.
3: She even downplayed it at the time. I mean, there are people who would definitely disagree with that. But right. I've. I felt like in that one debate where it was talked about, she really tried to pivot from that conversation or like any specific allegations from Bernie, like, or about Bernie. Like she, I feel, I felt like she was trying to pivot hard away from that.
1: Yeah, yeah. She did address it. So she dropped out. She gave that speech in front of her house and, uh, it seemed like she was getting a little choked up when she said, "You know, it, the pinky promises are what's so hard about this." Yeah, because mm-hmm. she would
3: give pinky promises to little girls. She yeah. also had a line about how all the little girls who supported her are going to have to wait another four years, and that was the one that really got me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't stop thinking about like, imagine you're like you're you are you have a five year old who, well, who who a, a kid who was five in 2016 watched what happened with Hillary, and then now you have a nine-year-old who's seeing this and it's like, I almost feel like even though I never saw any female candidates for president that were successful, Mm -hmm. like, I was at least getting these messages from the media that would always be like, he or she could be president and Mm -hmm. like TV presidents that it's almost like that was better than just seeing the reality of what it's gonna take. I think that's true. Yeah. So the day that she dropped out, she um, appeared
1: on Rachel Maddow and Uh, They discuss the sexism element and how it's kind of a a third rail. Uh, Let's play that clip. There's a feeling that your campaign ending is is, is very specific to you, and it also feels a little bit like a death knell in terms of the
2: prospects of having a woman for president in our lifetimes.
0: Oh, God, please no. That can't be right. You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. This cannot be the right answer. And part of the way I know it is not the right answer is that um, I walked through my headquarters today and I saw all those strong, powerful women. I saw all those women who said, thank you for standing up to Michael Bloomberg. I saw all those women who said, thank you for being smart. And making that okay. Uh, thank you for talking over men sometimes, because I'm just damn tired of always having it go the other way. Um, I'm so... It's one of the hardest parts about this. All those pinky promises, all those little girls, we're going to do this. It's just going to be a little longer before we're able to have a woman in the White House.
3: Ugh, it cuts me deep. Yeah, cuts yeah. me deep. <laughs> yeah, people
1: are having very strong reactions to the suggestion that sexism played a role in her campaign. I posted a few things on Sub suggesting that, and was yeah. had not received that type ki- type of response. It seemed to be a lot of people. I I don't. My question is, why can't we hold together that plenty of people who support Bernie Sanders, who is probably going to be most of the people in this room, can do so for policy reasons with the fact that one of the most qualified people ever to run for president did not get support that reflected her abilities. Those two things can be true. And I don't know why it's.
3: Well, it's suggest- also. i do think it's interesting that you can post something vague that says sexism played a role in the election and then you get a bunch it's of projection. messages yes, that are like what why thought? are you talking shit about bernie and it's right. like well you just played yourself didn't you mm-hmm. yeah which and again i was photographed in a bernie sanders medicare for all t-shirt yesterday i say this as someone who is progressive and would like to see a progressive campaign succeed but like it, the the discourse over the weekend surrounding her from the from the yeah. left has been crazy. It's been crazy. And I think people that people mad that she went on SNL. Come on. Let's talk about that. Are you that fucking was
1: kidding bizarre. Me? Come on. That was bizarre.
2: It's it's unbelievable to me that people want to say how dare you not endorse Bernie Sanders immediately. Immediately. And then also like a if, if if they were in opposite positions, do we really think this would be happening? No. No. No one would be like, how dare Bernie go on SNL? But also, it's like, she can do whatever the fuck she wants. She really, like, everyone's like, I, I really don't think that she owes anyone anything. No.
1: Really. Especially I because don't. she's been calculating every move for a year now. Like, maybe just let her do something yeah. in her own... I feel
3: like she might... I don't know. I mean, I don't want to project emotions onto her, but she might be kind of pissed and not really interested in endorsing either of the two dudes left in the race at Mm -hmm. this moment. I personally would hope that she does at some point, and I have ideas about who I would like that to be, but it's also like she doesn't have to do that. Do you think that people... So the
1: reaction seems to be like, how dare she go on SNL before... Like, Why is she playing around without having endorsed Bernie? She is the she is the cause of all of our problems and then even aoc just replied to that amazing video that she did with kate mckinnon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which we couldn't do as our getting us through because it's just a video <laughs> yes. yeah not really <laughs> just, just play on audio stretch.
3: format aoc yeah.
1: responded just like this is legendary and then people were going in on aoc for not being a true socialist or progressive for saying that elizabeth warren's appearance on snl it, is, it was just such yeah, a weird, a funny ridiculous. video
3: for AOC. Is AOC is not a real progressive because she said a funny video with funny. Somebody was like primary AOC, and it got like a ton of likes.
2: It's like <laughs> it's, really. It's,
3: how and does I know that help the progressive movement right. to take down two of the <laughs> right. top females within the movement to threaten luck. to primary them because you're mad about some kids. Here's what you need to be fucking. Here's what Bernie people need to be focused on is I like how you said bupkiss not bullshit and then so here's you need to fucking you focus, focus on yeah. <laughs> I will I will switch in between censoring <laughs> myself and not Burning people need to be focused on why the youth vote has not been turning out. Mm-hmm. That needs to be their singular focus. That is my personal thing that I'm thinking about these days. I'm not I'm not letting snl live rent free in my mind constantly <laughs> okay i actually you're as the com- only comedian in new york city who well does as that. a comedian yeah. that's a lesson i yes. have to top myself and now <laughs> i bring it to the rest of you do not let snl live rent free in your mind watch the sketches have a good time move on with your fucking day that's the only way to survive in this mm-hmm. world <laughs> and it's like would Elizabeth Warren endorsing Bernie help his campaign? Yes, I do think Joe Biden has had all of these high-profile endorsements. We can get into it. It would be helpful if Bernie had an endorsement that was not Baron Williamson and Bill De Blasio. Yes, <laughs> like, that would be helpful to him. But the real, like, first of all, Bernie's not out here screaming about it. And second of all, he said a very nice statement about Elizabeth Warren. Yes. And now he's in Michigan trying to get young people to vote for him in Michigan. And I think that all these online people should take a cue from their own damn candidate and start focusing on trying to get young people to vote for him in Michigan, because no matter what the fuck Elizabeth Warren does, if that doesn't happen, he's not the nominee. Mm-hmm. So right, that's yeah. what I have to say. About I've never all that. been like I, I definitely
1: I always think to myself, like, what do I want him to do about it? Um, and I can never come up with an answer. He has like, I think that he's I don't know I don't know what we expect him to do. I'm more mad at them,
3: yeah, it's I mean, I think that he could there are times where he could be more forceful about the issue and maybe recognize that it is an issue a little more. I do think he did make a good statement about some of the stuff that was directed at Warren recently, but it's like he does it after she drops out when, like, yeah. we need her endorsement. But I do think that there's just a conversation that needs to happen within the progressive movement and the far left about a sexism that has existed within... But, like, obviously, the right is not doing any better. But if we're talking about our own selves and we're talking about the left, there has been sexism on the far left and part of of socialist movements for a really long time. And I think there's something right. worth talking yeah. about within there, that even within progressive oh, movements, there yeah. can be non-progressive things that take hold. And we, are, we saw that play out. I think we've yeah. seen
2: this, this sexism with Elizabeth Warren throughout the whole campaign. Yeah. I would say when she was the front runner, she was, a, like, she was attacked like no one else. No one else. Like, she had the same plans as Bernie. No one came for Bernie as, as hard. And when she was the front runner, bernie sanders had a fucking heart attack and joe biden had no plans whatsoever his
3: eyeball fell out (laughs) yes
2: and 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 yet she fell and Mm -hmm, it's like this woman who had plans for everything you know she had a fucking coronavirus plan like a week and a half ago two weeks ago and it's like of course sexism had something to do with this i can't tell you how many times be like she's really just not that like charismatic she doesn't have that thing that presidents should have i'm like
1: what are you talking about? Right, and just it's like she you, rips my
3: heart open every time she speaks. Like I know. literally, she. I'm just like, uh ah.
1: Yeah, and just because she, it, If you're somebody who's struggling to see how this was sexist, well, number one, I think it's interesting that of all the people that were mad at me for suggesting that, um, they all there are two front runners and they all supported one of them. It, well, I didn't get a lot of Biden people that were like, "How dare you!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's not the Biden people are like, "Yeah, probably." Like. Yeah. For sure. I think a lot of people support Biden because they're like, yeah, this is kind of what might work. I feel might like work. yeah
3: probably is the Biden ethos. 100 yes. <laughs> is like oh, Joe totally. Biden. Yeah, totally. probably. But you mean- can hold
1: that like just because if you have a hard time pointing to like specific examples that make sense to you of how she was treated in an aggressively sexist way. I think for me, it's just the fact that like it was her or two elderly men who one of them. Who, while he has been saying the same thing throughout his entire life, and that's a real motivation mm-hmm. to support him, and I I agree with that. I think some people have concerns that he wouldn't compromise, and then you have another elderly man who just seems like he's approaching senility very quickly. The sexism to me is the fact that she didn't bubble up as like the, clearly at least because she was not close in the end. To yeah, that. it's yeah. not yeah. like it came them.
3: down to the three of them, and it was like a fucking battle right. to the end, and she came in third and whatever. It's like when it came down to it. I honestly think, and like it kind of goes back to what you were talking about with the Hillary documentary, I think that people are more traumatized from, like Democrats are yeah. more traumatized from 2016 than we think, and even though Hillary Clinton and Elizabeth Warren are two very, very different candidates with two very different plans to win and very different ideas about how this country should be run, I think people just saw women and they totally. were too scared because Elizabeth Warren was everybody, If if we had ranked choice voting we would be in a different situation today because she was everyone's number two. Everyone was like, I like her, but I like her, but. And that just plagued her. The whole, And campaign. everyone
2: there were, there was polls done and data shows that people were like, I'm ready for a woman president, but I don't think other people are. Yeah. And it, a lot of people didn't support her or didn't vote for her because they didn't think other people would feel the same way. Yeah. But it's like, if we all feel the same way, then we should all vote that way. Like, How Parasite won Best Picture. Yeah,
3: exactly. (laughs) That's how, if only we had used the Parasite model, we would be in a different situation. I know,
1: I think that's why women are in leadership roles more, have occupied the presidency in other countries, because a lot of those other countries, the leader of the party is picked by the party, not by the people. Yeah. I know. If you had Democrats pick, I think we could be Amy Klobuchar right now. Yeah. Yeah. If it was up to party leaders, which who knows, it might be.
5: Yeah, Um,
3: Um. should we talk a little bit about Biden's endorsements? I know we yeah. we mentioned it, but uh, over the weekend, he was endorsed by Kamala Harris and Cory Booker. I've heard rumors that he's been vetting Kamala Harris for a VP pick. He also got the endorsement of Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, which is a huge deal because Michigan, people will vote in Michigan tomorrow. There are five primaries and a caucus tomorrow, with Michigan being sort of the biggest prize. Bernie won Michigan in an upset over Hillary in 2016. Hillary lost Michigan to Trump really narrowly in 2016. And now Biden, I think, is a little bit ahead in the polls, but it's really, really close in Michigan. So all eyes on Michigan. And Mm -hmm. Michigan's time to shine. It has a lot of delegates, too. It has 125. Yeah. 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 So and and Bernie and Biden are really close in delegates. Biden's ahead. But like if like by winning Michigan... Totally. We can, you know... There's yeah.
2: still they're still counting delegates out of California.
3: Totally. Yes, that's also true. Is yeah. We don't actually even know how close the race is because California yeah. takes a while.
1: Speaking of, of VP picks, because I've been hearing a little bit about this, and it's unusual for a primary for a candidate to suggest strongly who their running mate would be, let alone announce it, but... Do we think it's necessary this time around? Do we feel like we need that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But real quick before I answer your question, remember when Ted Cruz um had uh <laughs> Carly, Carly Fiorina Fiery oh, yeah. and then she fell off the stage? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, I hopefully if they do that, none of that happens. But yeah. okay, yes. I do. Yeah. I would I would love it. I think, it's I think
3: with both candidates in their mid seventies, their v, the VP pick is like essential it's it's a more elevated role in. at this point. At this moment. It's a
2: policy decision. I would say, you know, it's, it's like, it's like outlining, you know, what your vision for the future is because you're not going to be in our fucking future.
3: I, yeah. Like
2: what is your vision for the future? <laughs> you know, like, is it, well, who is it? Who represents it?
3: And I do think that both candidates, cause both candidates have a lot of like flaws and pr- pros and flaws and all of this stuff. I think both of them could benefit from a really wise VP pick right now, even within the primary. Like, I think that Joe Biden needs to pick someone that excites people. and I I think if either of them
1: choose a white man, they have misread
5: the
3: room tremendously. I would be very surprised.
1: And yeah, I would be like, oh my God, who told you to do that? Well, it's interesting because a lot of the names I've heard bandied around this round sound a little less like the focus is, um, okay, can can we turn a state? With with a VP, or mm. can we really actually turn an election more yeah. broadly, like a Stacey Abrams, who would be amazing? Mm-hmm. I don't think George is on the table for Democrats, mm. but she would have a different type of impact. That's yeah. the
2: thing about like Joe Biden pink Kamala Harris. I think that would be a very smart choice. She is from California. Yeah, California yeah. is in the back. Yeah, like ca- for whoever the Democratic nominee is. However, she could bring. I don't know. I think I think people she would People
3: could be a little more excited. It I would think add so a little too. shine to a
1: campaign that I
2: I would be much more excited a about. A lot of
1: her surrogates have been all all in for
3: him since she dropped out.
1: Mhm.
3: Yeah, and then obviously Bernie there's there routine he could go there are a lot of people who are like he needs to pick someone more moderate, but also if he picks sort of like a shiny progressive star, mm-hmm. would that be what he needs to actually motivate that youth turnout? Because that's kind of, he's yeah. always been banking his campaign on motivating new voters as opposed to trying to get like people in the middle to come to him. So it's like, what route is he gonna go? Is he gonna ultimately try to get some more middle people because the youth vote thing hasn't been turning out? Or is he like, no, we're gonna, pu- we're gonna step on the gas with this and we're gonna pick someone that will really... Yeah. motivate some young voters. And I feel like
1: usually the party has a bigger role in helping the candidate decide, but right now it's two candidates that look like yeah. that might be a decision that's made before I, before we get to that Bernie place. Bernie
2: was uh, doing an interview with Rachel Maddow last week as well. And she asked this question where she was like, if it's since it's the you and Biden, could you ever see like one of you picking the other as a VP since those are the two choices? And he's like, No. Definitely not. I mean,
3: also who would want, I know. (laughs) And
2: he was like, he was basically like, and I think if you don't pick someone that, I think the, the, the country is hungry for someone else to be, you know? And so he, he basically hinted that he would pick a minority or a woman or, yeah, so, I especially don't
1: know. with Biden, Biden has said he hasn't said this recently, I don't think, but he has said, I just want to serve four years, mm-hmm. which to me tees up his running mate to then run in four mm-hmm. years. So that's yeah. why it matters a lot to me. I, Who mean, is I that? feel
3: like for both of them, that might be something true, that's true. on the he's table. <laughs> like, it, like, I mean, if Bernie were ser- for Bernie to serve two terms, he's almost 90 years old at the end yeah. of that second term. I feel like both of them would be well served to be like, I am picking like I'm going in and kind of have the hint to be, and this is my successor that I am picking. Honestly,
2: I could see myself more motivated to vote for Joe Biden. If he did those things, if he said I'm running for one term and this is my dope VP choice, you know what I mean? I'm like, Well, you know, maybe it's like a palate cleanser. Yeah, (laughs) and then we get all the great progressive ideas in. I
3: mean, I wonder if it's like a lot of people don't have that time. Maybe they don't want to say that because it's like the president can't really be like. And then the nominee after me will be this. Like that person will have to go through the process. But it's still, yeah. Yeah. But it's still like the symbolism of being like, I'm Joe Biden. I'm running for one term, and I'm like, I will support the candidacy of a Kamala Harris or something afterwards, or. This this person is the person I'm choosing to try to take the mantle could be valuable because I feel like both both candidates right now have like some big issues they need to work through to get mm-hmm. ready for to get ready to go up against Trump. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is the craziest conclusion to all of this is that after it's done, it's like then they have to fight Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I know. But
1: either way, like a like a debate with Kamal Harris debating Mike Pence. That would be that fun. would be awesome. That would be that would be amazing. That would be I would like to there see There would it. not mm-hmm. be an event that would produce better gifts short of a Super Bowl performance. True. Yeah. There's also been some speculation about what Biden's cabinet would look like, which has sparked a lot of ire of progressives today. Um, John Kerry would probably have a, um, a position to vote to climate change or just come back to be secretary of state. Yeah. <laughs> Bloomberg would head the World Bank, possibly um. bring back <laughs> Sally Yates, who was deputy attorney general under Obama. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Warren would be a treasury secretary. I have also heard Bernie Bandy, her name around for treasury secretary and VP, like a joint job. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he announced something like that, I'd be like, okay, I'm listening. I would, yeah, yeah I know. I'm listening to that. But it's just such a like woman. It's like, yeah. I'm going to take the top job. You do the, the next
3: two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's actually going to be really hard. Right. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could also see like what, what Obama sort of did when he asked Hillary Clinton to be secretary of state. He's like, we have these wars going on, but we're also having the worst economic crisis, financial crisis since the Great Depression. I need to focus on this. I really need your help to focus on. Yeah, he the... talks about
1: that in the documentary. Oh, he, yeah, Mama's he's in, in it, it. Mm-hmm. for for
3: just that part.
2: So it's like, okay, I understand that approach, and I would and I I would trust putting someone like Elizabeth Warren in any of those positions. To be honest,
3: yeah, that would I mean that would I, I would I would trust giving Elizabeth Warren a lot of positions. I would let yeah. her do
2: whatever she wanted to do.
3: Should we get into one more thing? Yeah. Yes,
1: indeed. Yeah. Um, economy is trash.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: or is the stock markets more specifically uh, are still falling amid panic over coronavirus and an oil price slump that has snuck up on us. So global markets are plunging after an alliance between Russia and the international oil cartel OPEC imploded causing the worst one day crash in crude oil price in nearly 30 years. Yeah. It was like,
3: I was trying to educate yeah. myself about what this, what happened with this. Um, Russia's the leader of OPEC, I believe, and those are all the like oil producing right. nations. OPEC wanted to slash prices of oil. Russia was like, no. And then Saudi Arabia was like, we're gonna do it anyway. Got Saudi it. Arabia slashed the prices, basically and and this because of economy magic has now caused a huge fucking problem. Yeah, <laughs> and that's my uh, expert analysis on what's happening <laughs> with the global economy. That sounds that sounds legit. Um,
1: and then the Dow plummeted like eighteen hundred points. It's rebounded slightly, but it's, it's all so, bad. It's all bad. Yeah. The market
3: section in the newsletter has been really funny. It's like yeah. I don't know what to tell you. It's still going down. Yeah, and this is part of why Trump is like trying to pretend yeah. like coronavirus isn't happening because his whole, he's, his whole campaign so far is the economy. I'm doing, the economy's great, the economy's soaring, the economy, the economy, the economy. So if the economy is now crashing, that's not great for his whole thing right
2: nope 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 and you know the whole tax break for corporations and the rich is not going to help the situation either
3: yeah i think that maybe bernie's doing a town hall in michigan on coronavirus today and i think i think that's smart for both democratic candidates to come out Mm -hmm. in front of this issue and be like this is what we would be doing Yeah. yeah exactly like this is what these are the protections I would be extending to workers ASAP. This is what I would sign tomorrow, you know? And I think it's also
2: like when I meant to say this in our last section, but I think when we're talking about Bernie Sanders and we talk about Joe Biden by these like old straight white men, we have to remember that we can't erase Bernie Sanders Jewishness. Yes. Yes. That's
3: also true. And someone did unfurl a full swastika at one of his rallies the other day, which is it was alarming to say the his least. His reaction yes. was really just
1: because he was like, I truly never thought I would see that in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I truly never did. So that
2: was horrifying. That was and horrifying. also speaking of Russia, it's crazy that Russia has no uh, coronavirus cases, huh?
1: <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? I mean,
2: <laughs> do we think I'm, I'm, I'm sure I Why would <laughs> I, I, Is it like a totalitarian to cover that up? I don't
3: know. It could be. That's. Okay, you know what? I'm going to have to think about that on another level (laughs) off mic because that just freaked me out.
5: Yeah.
2: Anyways...
3: Even Putin's like, I, I don't want to shake any American's hand. <laughs> yeah,
1: <I know. laughs> Maybe
3: it's cold. Maybe it doesn't do good in the cold. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. No. Wh- I'm not I'm not the president of the United States. I'm not going to speculate wildly yeah. <laughs> about the coronavirus. <laughs> Completely misinformed. <gasps> uh, Alright guys, uh, I think that's the end of our That's episode. the end of our show. So until the end of Democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast.
1: The Betches SUP podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. The SUP is created by Sammy Fishbein. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to SUP at Betches.com.
4: Betches.